0: Welcome to The Twelve Story, a book discussion podcast produced by Cincinnati's Mercantile Library where readers gather to engage, connect, debate, and discuss. The Mercantile Library is 180 years old and it is the literary center of Cincinnati. Throughout the year, the Mercantile Library hosts authors and speakers, book discussion groups, and other civic events. We are a working library with more than 75,000 books available to members. We're located at 414 Walnut Street in downtown Cincinnati and online at Mercantilelibrary.com, and we always welcome new members and guests. Joining us today in the reading room on the 12th story of the Mercantile Building are Gabby Blocher, a board member and founding producer of this podcast. Hello. Ben Greenberg, a board member of the Mercantile as well, and a writer who has his own company, BS LLC. Hello, Chris. And Austin Radcliffe, curator and a blogger at uh, the blog Things Organized Neatly. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Okay, so we're going to do something a little bit different this week. We usually discuss a book. Um, but I actually convene this podcast for purely selfish reasons. Um, I work here at the library full time. I have two small kids. I'm going to grad school right now. So usually on a given day I have about one hour to myself before my body collapses. <laughs> um, and I want to know what I should be doing with that hour in terms of pop culture. What's good pop culture for uh um, mercantile type person like myself to get into. Um, so, I convened this panel of experts here. <laughs> I'm going to put them to work right now. Yeah. Um, so, uh, let's get started with uh, maybe some TV shows. What should I be watching on TV? What's better than looking at the wall?
1: <laughs>
0: Gabby a, or Ben? Uh,
2: I want to start this because I have a beef with TV shows. They're too good. Okay, TV is getting too good. Okay. I, I get. Over invested in them, and then I can't stop watching them, um, and so, and I I'll get to the last episode, and I won't want to watch the last episode in in the series <laughs> because I don't want it to end. I don't want to be left alone with you know the sort of empty feeling.
3: Yeah, I've done that exact same thing. And I was watching um, House of Cards. I got way into really fast, and then the last episode. I think I still haven't watched it. Whatever the last season was, I <laughs> wanted to save it, and I kind of <laughs> forgot about it until you just said that. I still, I still need to watch that.
2: My criticism of House of Cards is that it started off so strong and arresting, and the tone was so quick, and, and just uh, it just the pace was perfect. There was no way they were going to be able to keep that up for three seasons. I, I haven't even seen the third season, because I thought the second season was crap.
1: Hmm. We, I've watched that show, and I am a connoisseur of many television shows, and I don't it's not it, it, the acting is obviously really strong, but it's not one um, of one of my, my favorite re- reviewers. Um, I think I probably got this from Andy Greenwald, a TV reviewer who I really like on Grantland, and uh, he I think he said this about the show that it like knows ex- it very well mimics. Good TV. It knows what good TV is, so it, it's mm. like a mimic of good TV with good acting. So, like, that's, that's pretty close to the whole package, but it's not quite. Because, like, the soul, the soul of a good show is not there.
0: Right. Yeah, well, I've got bad news for you guys because I've already watched House of Cards. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm going to need some more. I was oh, with yeah. Ben, actually, just to go on record. I liked the first season pretty well. Yeah. The second season, I kind of started to lose interest and haven't watched the third season yet.
1: So I've been thinking a lot about TV because the Emmy. I watch the Emmys. I, wa- I I'm pretty. I like award shows. And Why I do you like, like award shows? I like um. I like to get mad at them. Yeah. They're like, a, you know, <laughs> exercise and irritation, especially Emmys, because they don't the 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 correct shows don't ever win, nor actors. Like a small, it, every once in a while they do, but like that. Th- I know there's a show called Modern Family that everyone that is beloved, and I've watched an episode or two, and it's pretty good, but. It's won best comedy f- many, many times at the Emmys, and it doesn't de- it doesn't deserve it compared to other comedies that are out there, I can say, with authority. Um, but that's part of the reason, and I like to see what people are wearing and stuff like that. There's too.
2: a weird award show plot, right? Yeah, it's yeah. so weird, and mm-hmm. you kind of want people to screw up and break right. down, and like, it's very much, there's a lot of schadenfreude involved. Mm-hmm. I can understand that.
1: Yeah. But, it, but it, this, this Emmys, there's a g- I can say something positive about it, which is it m- reminded me of precisely what you said, there's too much good TV this year. Like, really, there's, there's so much good stuff. But um, a couple of shows that the Emmys reminded me of, I'll mention, and then I'll mention a show that my husband and I just watched, just consumed over the last couple weeks, highly recommend. Um, the Emmys reminded me of Orange is the New Black, um, it's solid. It's a really great great show. It's w- all about women, and it's uh, uh, It's about social issues. I mean, I don't know if you, the Emmys reminded me again, la- last couple of years, it's been considered as a comedy, and they switched it this year as a drama, which is crazy to think of. Like, that's the complexity of these TV that's shows, right, yeah. and it's it was considered and uh, put in for consideration in the drama category this year, because it is. It's that complex, and you can, if you think about a lot of other, I don't know how many other great shows all of you have watched, but... The the best shows have both, right?
2: For a split second, I thought what you were saying was that the Emmys itself <laughs> were up for an Emmy, <laughs> in <Yeah>. best dramatic <laughs> programming, which would be very <laughs> meta and actually yeah, it would, it be. would be. I yeah. would watch the
0: Emmys. I would, would watch mm. the, the Emmys, Emmys. Were up yeah. for an yeah. Emmy because <laughs> everyone in the audience would get up and go on stage <laughs> <laughs> when it won, right? Just kind of yeah. what they want. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways.
1: Um, and then it reminded me of Mad Men. I hope everyone's watched Mad Men. Oh yeah. yeah. Such it. amazing storytelling and such an amazing show. Yes. I miss it. I totally miss it. I agree with its absence in my life. Um, but so Luke, my husband and I just recently watched The Nick. Has anybody seen My this? Dad yeah.
2: loves the Nick. It's really, really,
1: really good. And it's completely under the radar. It wasn't it can I I think it was up for one thing at the Emmys, which is an example of why it's all it's the Emmys is bullshit. But um Steven Soderbergh, who's like an amazing director of movies, directed this entire show, all episodes. He's the um, brains behind it, and it's it's awesome. And then Clive Owen is the lead actor, and it's also got plenty of gore and like early 20th century medical practices shock value. Um, A little bit silly and like indulgent in that way. It's not that part of it. Sort of like there there are all these scenes in the in the series that they'll just show uh, they'll just show something that they used that the doctors used to do back then. Mm-hmm. And it's you can tell the only reason is so pe- the audience will be like, Oh my God, <laughs> I can't believe that we used to do that. But is that
0: is that on Showtime?
1: It was uh, it was on Cinemax Cinemax. Okay. Which is a pain. Yeah. Um uh, but on Netflix somehow so I think we were watching on an HBO Go. So okay. HBO had it we, we unplugged recently, so okay. we're we're just we pulled the plug, not unplugged. So we're, we don't have cable. So
0: um, even if you don't have Cinemax, you can watch it somehow.
1: Somehow, but I think it's like for a limited time. Okay. So if you're listening cool. to this podcast, go to HBO, unless you have Cinemax, which I don't think people do.
3: Yeah, nobody did. Yeah.
1: <laughs> go to HBO Go and watch this show, The All Nick. Right.
3: Um, the Daily Show just rebooted. Oh, yeah. Oh, is that any good? Trevor Noah, the new host. Yeah, he's doing a good job. Um I've is he really?
1: Is he funny, or is he like political? He is political funny. The
3: second episode, he really brought more of his own personality. Did okay. a couple uh, impressions that were quite good, um, and there have also been some funny jokes, um, just addressing hi- him, like John Stewart um, as a father figure who left us. Or something weird about, like, <laughs> leaving his inheritance to some kid from Africa that nobody's heard of. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <good>. Uh <laughs> There's some good, good stuff in there. Um, the first episode, I heard somebody uh, critique it, saying that he was just doing his best John Stewart, but mm-hmm. I think he'll... Episode two already, he went into more of his own it stride. It m- must be so hard to be... The the John was a big Stewart was on that fill. show for so long, yeah. I mean, yeah. You know.
2: Which is why I turned it down largely. Yeah. I mean, well, <laughs> it yeah. was tough, but <laughs> <laughs> I love Cincinnati. You know yeah. when so to make your move, Ben. <laughs> That's what, <I'm>
0: <laughs> what about you, well, uh, Ben? Um, you were talking all this. All shows are too good. Okay. <laughs> well,
2: actually, Gabby reminded me of a of a great show. It's on Netflix, and it's called The Physician's Notebook. Mm-hmm. And it there's a crossover with the Nick because it's mm-hmm. about it's actually about a. Um, it's about a doctor in you know early 20th century Russia, and he's played by Daniel Radcliffe. It's based on a real physician's notebook, and <laughs> the the young doctor is played by Daniel Radcliffe, t- uh, Daniel Radcliffe, and the old doctor is played by John Hamm. And it's 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 this young Russian doctor who you know gets all of the best marks in uh, you know the St. Petersburg School of M- Medicine. But he's sent, because he's kind of loathed, he's sent to a Siberian um, village to be the village doctor. And um, there's it's also around the time of, you know, the revolution, and so there's a little bit of that mixed in. But he goes to this Siberian village and brings with him, you know, medicine, and, you know, there's sort of hilarity ensues with that, and he, you know, is constantly treating syphilis, and he's mm. and he's just like, if you don't, you know, if if you don't have sex, you won't get syphilis. And they're like... Well, syphilis isn't that bad. <laughs> um and there's a lot of that like old medical techniques that are funny yeah. and, and just kinda there's the requisite gore. Yeah. And right. it's just it's a great show, but it's also there's there's a lot of dark scenes because John Hamm's character is kind of being investigated for I think it's like a morphine addiction or something. Mm-hmm. And so you figure out how he gets consumption they used to call it right yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, and you figure out sort of how that came about because he in medical school he never really had to perform the the surgeries and he just you know Radcliffe's character is just like you know assaulted with blood and and gore Mm -hmm. like and syphilis and and syphilis (laughs) and just you know horrifying genitals (laughs) um it's great Mm. it's Fun for the family. (laughs) 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 Sounds sounds
0: fantastic. (laughs) Um, Well, as we all know, you can sit around and watch TV all day, but there's a lot more to talk about. So um, what about movies? Ben, I have to say, one of the main reasons you're here is because you told me I should watch Mad Max Fury Road, and I did. It was fantastic. I loved it.
2: Yeah, that was one of those uh, summer movies that, uh, you know, I, I just... I'm I'm generally skeptical of action movies. Mm. Uh, I like them. I like the genre, uh, but this one just—it hit on every level. It was, you know, funny and violent. and The soundtrack kicked fucking ass. Mm. To quote uh, the movie High Fidelity, um, and uh, it's yeah, it just worked. It's visually stunning. So that's I recommend that. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, come back to me. Okay, Gabby.
0: Seen any good movies lately?
1: I did. I've seen a really, really good movie, um, women focused, um, like empowering, about empowering women, entertaining. I cried, I laughed, and it's called Frozen. Okay. I don't know if you've heard of it. <laughs> 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 I, was I think I saw that on the Happy Meal somewhere. I have two small kids, two and a half and one and a half. They're both daughters, and I'm really concerned about. Um, princess thing and like overexposing them to princess nonsense like yeah uh, it's, I can't describe my concerns consinc- succinctly but um I had heard wonderful things about that movie Frogen- Frozen but I, I I'm not really into musicals and I didn't I and it's still about princesses mm-hmm. even though it is about all the things I just said uh so I was concerned about it but one night uh, my husband went out of town, and so and I was home, and he took one of the girls, so I was home with the older girl, and uh, sh- I was like, it was a Friday night, I was like, you know what, we're going to stay up late, and you and I are going to watch Frozen together, whether you like it or not, because <laughs> <laughs> <That's laughs> I need to check it out, and I know you'll like it, so yeah. uh, we, we watched it, and I, it was awesome, it's so good, <laughs> like uh, everything people say, it's true, and it's, uh, my concerns were totally allayed, like it's, it's, um, it's just about these two sisters and their relationship, and it makes fun of the non- a lot of the nonsense that I that I don't like from typical Disney princess movies.
0: Right. I mean, they're, it's mostly about those two. Yeah. Um, I have a daughter, so naturally that I've seen it too. Yeah. Um, but good. you know that that brings me to, you know, something I think only you and I can talk about <laughs> here. But if you can find something that's good that is also appropriate for kids, that's solid gold.
1: Yeah. Um, right.
0: I. I Saw Phineas and Ferb at some point with my son. I don't know if any of you guys have seen that, mm-hmm. but it's 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 amazing. I, every show is exactly the same. Every every episode has essentially the same plot. There's the same beats that happen in the same mm-hmm. place in every episode, but everyone is entirely different too. I mean, it's like it's really like advanced grown up comedy mm. that happens to be a cartoon. That's there are great, great jokes in it, and it's not the kind of goofy. I I don't know if anyone likes. You know this like uh, Shrek. Mm-hmm. People would always say, "Oh, it's great because there's lots of jokes for grown-ups," but they were bad, the jokes, bad for jokes, like jokes. fart yeah. jokes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, But this, this, these really good jokes, like quality jokes, um, and it, I mean just to s- to show how formulaic it is, which is the the genius of it. Mm-hmm. There's one episode that's set in prehistory, so no one says a word, and <laughs> it's just grunting. Oh wow! But they grunt the thing at the point in the story where the thing <laughs> always happens so you know exactly what they're grunting That's great. so unfortunately i think i pushed it too hard on myself <laughs> but <laughs> he's like, i noticed i noticed it was something special and i was like he would go to bed and then i would put it back on and watch <laughs> like binge watch it until yeah. two o'clock in the morning it sounds so like
1: m- meditative like yeah. you know the same thing's gonna happen yeah so you can just yeah. consume it and be calm
0: OK, so how about pop culture for regular people that don't have kids?
3: Well, I just watched a really cool documentary about Iris Apfel, who um, has become a sort of New York starlet in her 70s, 80s. Mm-hmm. She was known in the industry of um, interior design and like the fashion world for being fashionable and kind of uh, a rare bird, they called her. Uh, and so in New York, she was known. And somewhere along the way, I think at FIT, Fashion Institute uh, in New York, they were in a pinch and called her up to borrow some jewelry and just put on a show of her wardrobe, mm. and it was an overnight sensation. And sh- from that, it was it showed all these other things. She was on the cover of Vogue and did all this stuff um, and was suddenly uh, really boosted in popularity among younger designers and creatives. and And so it, it kind of covered all that. She had a really um, amazing collection of clothes and beautiful interiors, lots of color and pattern and and really visually rich movie. Huh. And do you remember the name of the movie? Um, I th- think if you look up Iris Apfel. Okay. A-P-F-E-L. That's a good
2: okay. I can back this up. I haven't seen the documentary. She's fa- fascinating. Um, she's uh, like people compare her to like a peacock or she invented peacocking which (laughs) is now a a verb that we know from um, parks and recreation I believe was made popular Um, and I think she was interviewed on Bill Cunningham New York which is another great yes New York fashion uh, documentary he's he's fascinating
3: yeah yeah that's another great one too I've seen him riding around in New York a couple times on his bike in that blue jacket. Blue jacket, yeah. I <laughs> love the scene when he's in Paris <laughs> receiving uh, the Fashion Award because he gets those blue jackets. F- they're like street worker hardware store. They're like where? French street right, right shirts. Um, I love that he still
0: wears that yeah. around. And now, it's ever since that movie came out, you can buy like a four hundred dollar <laughs> <version laughs> right,
3: right, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, a third one in the same vein is uh, about Diana Vreeland, who was. The editor in uh, Harper's Bazaar and Vogue, uh, respectively, for like 20 years each, um, and then worked at the Met in their costume institute. And she's a real, she's of the three, that's probably my favorite of those documentaries. She was a real tastemaker and visionary in the glory years, like 60s, all the youthquake stuff and sexual revolution, and all these um, things that were happening with the Beatles coming over. And she Put Twiggy in the magazine first, and all these um, really important cultural landmarks that's like, oh, Diana Vreeland was in charge of that <laughs> <laughs> uh, photo shoot. So that's another one too. And that w- the title of that one is "The Eye Has to Travel." Mm. Mm. That sounds great. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
2: th- a- the Apfel documentary is is a Maisel's uh, film, right? Is that right? Did was that his last movie? You he, may di- be he died right. recently.
3: You may be right about that. Yeah.
2: Um, great Gardens. Is a uh, one yeah. of his mm. most famous uh, documentaries, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, like if you've never seen that, that's a that's a throwback. That's this yeah. Strange
3: little world of Kennedy uh, extended family, right? Living out in the Hamptons. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it.
1: That's a that's like a must watch. You mu- you must okay. put it number one of everything we've talked about so <laughs> <Right>. far. <laughs> Gray Gardens. <laughs> Done. It's, over it's th- as good as watched. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, any other movies?
2: Um on the on the documentary train, <laughs> uh God, there's so the documentary I have to say the documentary section on Netflix right now is better than their like narrative yeah. film yeah. section. Um, the Supermensch documentary about Shep Gordon. Oh yeah. Uh who discovered among others uh Alice Cooper. Uh-huh. Um he Shep Gordon mm-hmm. Invented the term celebrity chef. He's he's sort of like an, a manager impresario kind of character, but he's also a personal friend of the Dalai Lama, and um, you know, vacationed with Steve Jobs, and just has led a fascinating life. Um, the documentary is also, I mean, there's a bit of sadness because he was sort of this uh, um, this bon vivant uh, sort of player and now doesn't really have a family, but he sort of adopted this family, and so he's kind of alone, but with this story, and I'm t- I don't know why I'm attracted to stories like that of people that have collected experiences, but sort of are left with kind of nothing
3: mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, emotionally, lack of connection, Citizen I don't know Kane? why. Yeah, yeah, a bit of a Citizen Kane kind mm-hmm. of thing, but it's a great, it's a positive documentary, I mean, I'm <laughs> not it's actually not depressing, but I can find depression in anything. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Good job. There there's a uh there's a La- you reminded me there's a Lance Armstrong documentary on Netflix. I think it's like Netflix produced and it's I watched it uh recently and it's uh just shocking what an asshole that guy is. <laughs> He's a real huge asshole. And and he I mean he uh, you know, it's all bullshit. He didn't he, he was so drugged up throughout his entire uh, career and and uh, so I- he made his argument that he wasn't drugged up and such. Th- the reason I say he's an asshole is because the way he argued uh, this falsehood that he was clean was like s- in such a mean, like uh yeah, indignant way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like actually, <laughs> it's it's <laughs> crazy. It feel it's maybe I should be not judging him to be such an asshole and like. Think that he has mental instability issues because he was able to so so easily channel such indignance uh, uh, of true accusations <laughs> they're having uh-huh. against, you know <laughs> against true accusations it's odd yeah it's there's i wish there's a part of me that wishes i could be like that you know <laughs> yeah. i it wasn't speeding yeah. you were speeding yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great. Why would you think <laughs> I was speeding? Look at me! I'm the perfect human being. <laughs> anyway.
0: He should write a
3: self-help book, Gabby.
1: <laughs> he should, yeah. <laughs> it's quite a skill.
3: Well, I just saw a talk recently that was uh, this artist Carmen Winant, who lives in Columbus, Ohio. She lived in New York for a long time, and a um, really cool, interesting artist. And she does these uh, she does these talks that are partly performative, very personal, and she kind of talks cool. about her life and about her work as these slideshows are going through. And a big part of her childhood um, and growing up was being an athlete. And in college, there's a lot of pressure um, to perform. And she talked, um, the last time, this last talk I saw her give, she talked about the blood doping, Mm -hmm. uh, and talks Mm -hmm. about Lance Armstrong, and and that receiving infusions of his, transfusions of his own blood he thought gave him the biggest edge interesting uh, I yeah. don't know if that's in that documentary
1: um there there's a bit about what that is and why yeah. they did it, but um yeah, yeah. it's mostly about his okay it's sh- it's like shows videos of him it they the you know videos of him responding to accusations, uh, you know yeah but yeah, it's interesting. interesting yeah
3: she's um yeah, she talked about um training at high altitude to yeah. run essentially doing the same thing yeah um but they, w- they'll, athletes will take a pint of blood out, donate blood to themselves, and put it someplace, and it was all thru- paid for through untraceable Swiss bank accounts and <laughs> all this shady business. And then right before a race, they'll receive a pint of their own blood. Months later, they've built back up mm-hmm. their cell count uh, and get extra blood, and you get extra oxygen and extra uh, so energy for So it's just body. having
0: more blood. More blood. Yes. Okay, it's not better blood, it's just... Of it.
3: Right. Okay. <laughs> right.
1: I mean, there, there's, a, there's this again. This documentary wasn't, uh, didn't focus on this too much, but I think there is within uh, athletics in general. There's this level, the playing field, is such that every, especially when it's endurance sports like this, everyone's doing it. I think even though, even now, yeah, you know, that's their argu- That's how they're able to justify it. I think, and it's the people who aren't doing it aren't winning. <laughs> they're losers. In the last place.
0: <laughs> and meanwhile, um, I don't know, did any of you guys see that um, Doc Ellis documentary about uh, the. Yes. In and, and those, you know, he was a pitcher for the uh, Padres, right? Pod, I think so. Or no, oh, no, no, no. So LSD No No. Yeah, the LSD <laughs> <laughs> No No. Yeah. Where he uh, instead uh. of, he, um, I don't think it's even allegedly anymore, he totally pitched a no hitter in a Major League Baseball game while he was tripping on <laughs> acid. But he talks about um, (laughs) they weren't, like, taking human growth hormone in the dugouts. They were popping speed and drinking. Mm -hmm. So I
2: guess that's... That's a great documentary, by the way. Please watch that. Yeah, uh, Doc Ellis is a fascinating character. And actually, a friend of mine who's a filmmaker uh, and writer, Brandon Harris, who, by the way, has a movie uh, set in Cincinnati, and he filmed it in Cincinnati called Red Legs, which I will... uh, I still need to see that. It's good. Um, please see it, please buy it, please find it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Red legs. Brandon is is a, a gem from Cincinnati. Uh, and uh, he actually told me Doc Ellis' story, and he wanted to, to turn it into a screenplay, oh. and now that this documentary is kind of getting some traction, I think he should definitely pick that project up. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Doc Ellis is hilarious, yeah. and uh, it's an amazing story. Um, well, I was hoping we could move on to music now,
0: because I'm a huge music guy, but... I don't know if you guys have the same problem. There's so much music that is so easy to get, and so mu- much of it is good. It's almost like the TV thing. I can't think... My A couple friends and I actually, a couple months ago, said, okay, we're going to take one record and listen to it over and over again, because we w- realized we were never listening to the same thing twice because yeah. there's so much out there. Um, so... Uh, what what should we listen to twice? What should we seek
2: out and I hear? I want to turn again? this around, Chris. Yeah, okay. You're I a agree. musician, man. You yeah. have. I, I want to hear what you're listening
1: to. Yeah.
0: Uh, well, th- th- the funny thing is, um, <laughs> I almost always listen to Big Star. I love Big Star, seventies mm-hmm. mm-hmm. power pop, and anything like that. Anything that sounds like that. That's that's what I, you know, I used to uh, try to listen to different things and expand myself, but. I keep coming back to that sound, that big pop guitar sound. So that's what I most. What most
1: what all, what sounds like Big Star? I don't. I don't uh, don't know.
0: like uh, uh Badfinger, like mm-hmm. Badfinger, mm-hmm. New Pornographers. Mm-hmm. Um. Sort of the same vein, but a lot different. It's one thing I've listened to a lot, well, actually more than once in the last month, is uh, Mike Kroll. He does these kind of like two-minute, poppy punk buzzed out, just little gems. And they're really short. It's great. His last album, Turkey, is phenomenal. Awesome. Yeah.
2: You mentioned new pornographers, and this is not current at all, but I have been listening to a lot of Broken Social Scene recently. Oh, yeah. Great. Uh, The album, um, it's the painting of the city skyline on the cover. It's like an orange. I think that uh, one's actually called Broken Social Scene. Is it just, it's self-titled? I think so. And it it has the uh, 11-7 Eleven seven Shoreline yeah. on it. Yeah. That album I've done the listen to it four or five times in a day thing yeah. recently, just over and over again. It's just so good and it's a kind of a singular thing. It works really well. It's symphonic and that's yeah. I would throw that out to anybody listening who hasn't heard Broken Social Scene. Listen to them.
0: I will co sign that. That's one album I can always listen to and always like. Mm. It's great. Last night I
3: dug back into old Spoon records. Oh yeah, um, "Gimme Fiction" was my introduction to them, and that's mm. a beautiful, like, f- complete uh, album. Uh, and "Kill the Moonlight" is another one that I think came just before. Yeah, but I also really love. Um, and if I could, clu- uh, if I could plug a couple of friends from Dayton, uh, Smug Brothers, okay. you might be into. Um, they're in the same vein, kind of, kind of fuzzy. Uh, uh, straight up rock. Okay, I'll S- check it out. Yeah, mm-hmm. Gabby.
1: I, you know, our, the topic of our discussion today is general pop media or pop culture, and mm-hmm. I, um, I'm my whole what I consume is very uh, incestuous because I don't really I'm I'm not very um, varied. So like I listen to NPR, um, and then read. Blogs that are referenced all the time on NPR and, ba- and vice versa. <laughs> 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 and The New Yorker. I read The New Yorker. So and uh, that's like basically, it's like doing the same thing three times over to read these whatever. Yeah. And so, um, and these critics who reference each other all the time. I think it's funny. So one of those critics uh, who I've already mentioned, Andrew Greenwald, um, used to be a music critic, so he w- recommended with great enthusiasm a Brandon Flowers album that was released, I guess, within the last year. And so I dutifully purchased the album and <laughs> have been listening to <laughs> it because he told me to. And it's awesome. It's really good. It's, just, it's good pop music.
0: You know, it's funny. Um, I grew up in a really rural area, and all of my friends that like music, one of us would somehow, an older brother, somehow would get one record, and we would just listen to that nonstop yeah. until the next person found the record. But I feel like these days, you almost kind of have to g- get a camp. Like mm-hmm. this, I'm going to listen to the music that these people are talking <laughs> about, just because there's so much. You, yeah. you have to almost, you know, sign on with a the group. And there <laughs> is, and they come in the waves.
3: Yeah, it's a zeitgeist like sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, which is good if you yeah find one camp that you like. There's <laughs> a lot there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Uh, I, Ben, this might just be you and me, and probably mostly you, but uh, comic books, comic graphic books, novels, man. Okay.
2: Anything good? Uh, okay. Well, I mean, I don't know a lot of the current stuff, but Scott McCloud yeah always comes to mind. Yeah. Um, I took a class in college about. Uh, it was like sort of one of these intro to semiotics kind of thing. Mm-hmm. First kind of learning what that is. And I'm sorry, podcast listeners, I'm not going to define <laughs> semiotics for you. So just <laughs> look at <it> that. <up>. There's <laughs> definitely a Wikipedia page just, about just it. Just read
0: the entire works of Umberto Eco. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Um, but yeah, we read a Scott McCloud comic and it was about you know, it was a comic book about making comic understanding books. Understanding comics. Understanding comics. Yeah. yeah, I loved that. That's sort of like, if you want a good intro, you like philosophy and, yeah. and logic. Logic comics is another great one. Okay. Uh, logic comics is cool. It's, uh, it's basically somebody decided to sort of illust- illustrate, I don't know if I'm getting this right, illustrate a discussion between Bertrand Russell and Socrates um, and sort of like playing out different schools of continental philosophy but in a way that's like Digestible. Okay. Um, So it's a discussion of a digestible and kind of funny discussion of logic using these other characters as uh, influences. It might be two Greek guys who then, and I don't know, and then Bertrand Russell shows up (laughs) to the party. (laughs) Uh, Those are two that come to mind. The preacher's really good if you want like more of a crime, fighting, Uh dark kind of noir type thing. Uh, You know, Sin City, is of course, yeah. you know, must be mentioned, <laughs> or or else I'll get a letter from the. My my cousin is a huge uh, comic book uh, aficionado, a mm-hmm. comic book artist, and he has a, a comic called The Smutty Nose Murders, which okay. is a true story based on murders that took place around uh, around the I want to say late um, 18th century in uh, New Hampshire and Vermont. Uh, I again. Please find it and try and <laughs> buy it <laughs> if it's available uh that's all I got okay I don't uh, know if anyone else reads comics mm-hmm.
0: well I want to say if anyone anyone who doesn't read comics understanding comics by scott McCloud is is just fantastic it's really you know it introduces you to it, it uses comics almost as a as a platform from which to talk about you know presenting things and Writing about things and talking about things and how you show things—it's um, just great. So if you love comics or if you hate comics or if you could go either way, <laughs> any if you belong in one of those three groups, you should probably read that book. It's great. Awesome. Well, that was quick. <laughs> okay, so you know, um, magazines—we have magazines here at the Mercantile Library. The members can look at, mm-hmm. but we're always looking for. We always have those ones that no one ever touches Wh- what should we put in there <laughs> What's a good magazine
3: um, well, I'm tuned into art magazines um, we just started taking art forum again, and uh i'm part way through there's a whole history of when art forum in the seventies was really a reigning superpower in the art world and and that's a whole other um thing but um Yeah, I like, um, there's one called Cultured, which is sort of a weird, contrived title, but there's a lot of good stuff in there, um, from the art world, and um, design, new furniture design, and things like that. Um, I'm trying to think what else. All Day Every Day is a website I look at a lot, and I think they have a magazine. There's a group of artists in New York who are all kind of um, intertwined and, I know a couple of them, but they had a newsstand in the subway in Brooklyn, um, at this subway interchange from the L and the G train, which is kind of like pretty um, s- pretty solidly centered in the hipster commute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> most of those. I, I saw uh, leg warmers there one time when oh I was in yeah. New York, like hipster leg warmers. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: So that's the kind of thing you'll see on um, the station
3: and. And there are all these um, newsstands that sell candy and whatever magazines um, that have been there forever. And there was an abandoned one, that, and it's like architecturally built into the subway tunnel. Um, and so this group of artists took it over and started putting in like artist books and homemade zines, and it became a whole scene. It was going to be like a two-month experiment, and they were there for like a year and a half. Wow. Um, so they've expanded into, I think that's related to alldayeveryday.com and there. Do all kinds of cool stuff. Okay. There's a print version of that as well. That's great. I got to
2: mention N Plus One because mm-hmm. Austin and I met at an N Plus One reading. That's in Cincinnati right. uh, That I hosted. Um, and there are two writers from Cincinnati who contribute to N Plus One, James Pogue and Brandon Harris, who I mentioned earlier. So N Plus One is a great uh, sort of all things, um, intellectual, criticism, uh, politics, art, fiction, uh, film, science... Uh, it's just it's really good writing about a lot of interesting and uh a lot of like really topical important stuff um that are like scary stuff that uh is important to like be aware of i guess <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, have, have you <laughs> contributed to that no yourself? i've never contributed okay. i i'd like to
3: you um, yeah you were moderating that um that reading and and q and a that night so i always wanted to ask you that
2: I uh, reached out well I sort of uh, I'm involved uh, loosely with a fantastic organization in Cincinnati called Chase Public Um, and they they put on readings and classes and uh, sort of art happenings in their space in Northside and I one I knew that Brandon and James were going to be in town promoting um, city by city which I'll recommend to podcast listeners. Yeah. Uh, City by City is a collection of essays by N plus one contributors about you know, urban spaces, um, new urbanism, uh, gentrification. Uh, and Brandon and James were going to be in town. So I thought, hey, wouldn't it be cool to do a discussion and reading at Chase Public? So it came together. Uh, but yeah, N plus one, I recommend. awesome, Gabby?
1: Well, I already mentioned the best magazine that exists, which is The New Yorker. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, but I, I, it's, I mean, I've been reading that for a long time, and I, it's a, it is a major source of, you know, all information that I consume, and uh, but it takes time because yeah it's it all long form. You have to kind of commit to an article and really, um, really read it. Um, uh, and I've been getting on my doorstep recently a couple of glossy, regular old magazines like *Dwell* and. Um, a friend got me a subscription to a magazine called Garden and Gun, which is really I like it a lot. It's, it's so good. Yeah, I love Garden and What's Gun. What's the deal with? I don't I know don't about know. it. Just I like don't know why name. I like that kind of stuff. Yeah. I've realized. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, uh, me too. I've realized same thing. Like uh, it's a. Of course, it's like a friend got me a subscription, so he knew that I would really like it. But. Uh, it's, it's
3: What's in it? it yeah. What's the deal? Sounds rural. I mean,
1: it's yeah. it's it's st- it's style stuff. It's about okay. the South, okay. but it's like about how the South is awesome, which I my husband mm-hmm. doesn't agree. He's like a <laughs> Southist. Um, but uh, yeah, it's like it's it's like embracing all these things about. It's not necessarily rural. It's just the South. So these like amazing B and B's and I, I, and I it, you know getting to know you during this podcast, Austin. I think it would be interesting to see how you could, uh, uh, the, the other magazine you just mentioned is Dwell. I love just turning the pages and looking at these beautiful spaces, but as somebody who's not a billionaire, <laughs> I can't recreate <laughs> what I see yeah. in said magazine, and the, the Garden & Gun feels the same way to me. It's mm-hmm. like these okay. amazing, just, Things that people do in the south, and
2: it's Garden Gun is almost like a southern version of Town and Country magazine. I guess so, yeah. But it's better than Town and I Country. I think so. There, it, it, there isn't like a snootiness to it at all. No, it's just kind a of, of, food, of a lot of food. A lot of food, yeah, for sure. Really good food porn. Food and real estate porn yeah. and garden porn.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: um Okay, well, um I guess the the last thing we have to talk about here, and I'm gonna. Make it kind of a blanket thing. Is wh- what do you guys do online? <laughs> and I'm going to throw podcasts in there. Um, wh- wh- you know, we're on computers all the time these days. Wh- what do you guys do? Wh- where do you go?
1: When I want to totally um, <coughs> waste time, I go to Delisted. It's mm. funny and it's just real. It's totally like paparazzi pop culture. It's not good. I don't really recommend it, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> frankly, I'm embarrassed that that's I just throw bad <laughs> I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm confessing yeah. to all of you. Yeah, I, I confess. I go to Gawker. I, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I I look at Gawker. Gawker's even a little bit more uh, highbrow than D-listed. Okay, <laughs> 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 a little bit, a little bit better, but it, it's a fact. I, I go there. Um, and then Grantland is where I go for to to read something good. And uh, m- my favorite writer there is a guy named Shea Serrano and he is hilarious. I highly, highly, I can't recommend him like highly enough. He's the funniest uh, writer I'm reading right now. And he he doesn't, my only complaint about him is he doesn't, his pieces aren't long enough. He actually wrote a graphic uh, novel or book about the history, a history of rap that I have never looked at. That sounds awesome. Yeah. I'm sure it's awesome. I'm sure it is. But he, I wish he would write longer pieces. So Shay Serrano, if you're listening, just like stay there at your computer and keep <laughs> writing. <laughs> <laughs> write longer. <Yeah. laughs> He's awesome. There's a, there's a the piece that, uh, that's up right now on Grantland is uh, The Ten Best Old De Niros. So just check it out. <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> it's that awesome. sounds so
3: awesome. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, hip-hop history, I listened to a podcast um, called Juan Epstein. Okay. Which is a Puerto Rican and a Jew mm-hmm. uh in New York. They used to both work at Hot Ninety Seven, which is like the original yep. yeah. uh rap station in New York. And they have these long form conversations with um with all these old artists and get get the oral history of the things. So so much of the way hip hop culture developed yeah. in New York was just like people in the park or Went to the same school with Bismarcky, so you went and recorded stuff after school and things like that, where mm-hmm. it happened really organically and it's pre-internet, of course, so it's all kind of off the record. Okay. So they'll get somebody like Jay Z in and say, "Tell us about the first time you met Biggie." Wow. And then it just starts like story time. 1991. That sounds whatever. great. That sounds yeah. really also, good.
1: go if you want the same thing. You can go to Q Tip's uh, Twitter feed right now because he has. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He has a history of hip-hop that uh, he's sending to a, I don't even, I'm not even going to try to remember her name, there's some modern rapper who's very inauthentic. Uh, oh, Iggy Azalea. Iggy yeah. Azalea. Yeah. Yes.
3: Yeah. And he's, he's... He was on... Uh, kind her. One Epstein, and they talked about it, yeah. Nice. Th- oh, yeah, that yeah. good. Is there a beef? Uh.
1: No, he's, he's, too, he's too good to... There's yeah. no uh, beef. Yeah. beef. It's not he's even... Awesome. He, he already won before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just, yeah. he's like, it's totally gracious the way he engages with her, and she c- she's like not smart enough to be, literally not intelligent <laughs> enough, I think, to be able to respond <laughs> to what he <laughs> tweeted at her. Um, so read it, I recommend yeah. it.
0: Yeah. Um, Ed, Ed Piscor has a history of uh, hip-hop, too, that's great. Um, now, who's uh, that? He's a graphic novelist. I'm not sure what else he's done. Okay. Um, but... It, it was serialized on Boing Boing on that blog for a long time, but I think ah. it actually was published at least the first volume. But it's really cool, it's really stylized, but it's done in like the early 80s style with the dots, you mm. know? Yeah. It, it's really worth checking out. It's called yeah. History of Hip Hop, I think, uh, The Propagation of a Viral Culture. But, you know, his, his style's great. He he gets a lot of the inside stuff, too, because I think he was around at the time. Yeah. so.
2: Um, a po- so, a podcast that we've been talking a lot about at, at the Mercantile Library, uh, well, really a podcast network called Gimlet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex Bloomberg, if you're listening, uh, we'd like to formally invite you to yeah. come speak at the library. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan, if you're listening, I'm also working on that letter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is how we communicate. It's yes, really we don't. Really yeah. We never school. see each yeah. other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, for yeah. <laughs> wait, for, the recording to be yeah. released. So In one o- of, anyway, sorry. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> uh, one of the one of the podcasts on Gimlet is a fantastic show called Reply All, which is uh, uh, by um, two guys, and it's uh, they used to have a show on WNYC, and it's just really well crafted stories that sort of begin oh. from the internet. But always take you through irreverent and emotionally rich uh, kind of circles and ho- and uh, rabbit holes. It's it's really good. Um, they featured another podcast uh, on one of their episodes called Song Exploder, which I've since gotten into. And it's Song Exploder. It's really simple. It's a musician who interviews other musicians about songs, and it's a very it's very much like a you know, let's take this apart and Mm -hmm. sort of piece by piece, how did you come up with this riff and where did these lyrics come from? It's really good. Can't recommend it enough. That sounds great.
0: Um, Well, you know, I kind of evangelize for this show. I think one person in this room, I tried to force to listen to it, but I love The Best Show. It's my favorite podcast. It's actually a live um, broadcast. It's a call-in show. Um, It used to be on WFMU hosted by this guy Tom Sharpling. He's a genius. He just mostly talks on the phone. People call in. He talks on the phone for three hours, but he's so hilarious, Mm. so funny, but it's a little intimidating. Each episode's three hours long, Yeah, and you listen to it the first time, and it sounds like some cranky guy mouthing off, and then... You listen to the ninth hour of it <laughs> and suddenly <laughs> you think it's amazing it's, at least in my experience <laughs> and other people that i know um and also at some point this guy john worster drummer for mountain goats and super chunk and other bands calls in and pretends to be some weirdo from a made-up town in new jersey and that's it <laughs> <laughs> but it's great it's a really great show so and i i think there are parts of the internet that aren't podcasts or histories of hip-hop Anything else that you yeah. guys are into? Well, a lot Wait, of wha- Well, first, I want to say I okay. think we can all agree that the best website on the
3: entire internet yes. is uh, things organized neatly. Yes. <laughs> <So> <laughs> we'll just get that out of the way. Okay, yeah. Um, well, thank you. It's a big part of what I do on the internet. Um, or I guess I use the internet inherently in a lot of other pursuits and networking and. Um, opportunities come about either because of that website or because of other connections I've made and it's all I'm able to do a lot through the internet. Um, but yeah, now I, and now I'm making it into a book which I'm excited about. It's kind of a, a shift from the digital into analog. Um, but I've made it, I've done all of this communicating with photographers and artists all over the world um, galleries, my publisher's in New York, and, and it's, all, it's all just Gmail, <laughs> <Worldwide> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hours and funny. hours on Gmail. That must be hard, because I know I've done stuff
0: online before, and you put something up there, and you don't have to think, is this the best thing? Because you're going to put something up the next day, you mm-hmm. know? But you have to go now and say, okay... I don't want to put any pressure on you, (laughs) but you got to say, this is going to be forever in this book. Right. There's not going to be an, I can't update this tomorrow or what's that like?
3: Uh, It has been a little bit stressful and I'm finished now. So the pressure is off, Um, but it's, it's, yeah, it's felt like a lot of responsibility to, to put it in more um, cemented terms. I had an easy time assembling a list because I've, I've featured artists and, and photographers from all over um, for the last five years. And some of them have been regular, some of them are people who use this style a lot, and then others are like a one-off, or somebody sends me in a school project and it looks nice, so I'll put it up. Um, and, and the people the people in my mind who are kind of the all-stars mm-hmm. are, are who are in the book for okay. the most part. Yeah. OK. Um, so yeah it 's been a really cool experience to reach out to them and get get that interaction going. Most of them I had forged some sort of friendship with through the internet or um, tom sachs is a is a big artist who uh, is doing the forward and and um, I had broken my arm and I sent out a tweet um, to try to get Tom Sachs to sign my cast <laughs> and was I didn't know of any Tom Sachs Twitter or, or anything. I just said something like, does anybody know this guy? Uh-huh. I want to get him to sign my cast. And I got a response back from at Tom Sachs. It was his only tweet on this account. <laughs> it was like too <laughs> weird to be true. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, yeah, sure. Are you in New York? Like, come on by. I'll do it. <laughs> so I was like, uh, wait a minute. Uh, and that opened lines of communication. The, so I don't know who at his studio saw it or, or quite how that happened. Um, but I wound up interning for him uh, the following year and then also uh consigned to borrow a drawing for an exhibition i curated in Indianapolis and um and now he's also in the book it's it's been a cool um connection that was all all through the magic of the internet <laughs> yeah. so um w- i think we've
0: covered pretty much the full range of popular culture a lot um, of territory yeah, and unpopular, yeah. Culture. and unpopular. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe more that than the first. But um, is there anything that you just love that didn't come up that you want to get people to check out, for people to know about?
1: So I, I, I unrecommend. I didn't recommend. I recommended against uh-huh. reading. Uh, Delisted, and yeah. then I cited him, my friend who I read every single day. I cited yeah. the blogger later when I talked about Q-tip because uh-huh. he's – Michael Kay, the writer of of Delisted, is where I read about this Q-tip Twitter war, which was an informative piece of – you know, I, I was glad to know about that. So I need to give him credit. Okay. And so I feel bad about it.
0: So you recommended, <laughs> unrecommended, and now recommended again. I'm just – now I'm acknowledging him.
1: Yeah. I'm acknowledging yeah. that mm-hmm. he – there's some – stuff that I learn from that guy every okay. day. That's,
0: what this, that's <laughs> what this forum is for. <laughs> I'll
2: throw this out there. I have not seen this myself, but I have on good recommendation, or heard, I guess I should say, uh, a musical about the Founding Fathers called Hamilton. It's supposed oh, to be okay. amazing. It's so supposed to be really yeah. yeah.
1: Since I'm into musicals now, evidently. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> check that one out.
0: Austin, anything you want to g- toss out there?
3: Um... all right
0: right. well uh thanks for joining us today on the 12th story uh we encourage you to subscribe via your preferred podcast app we're available on the itunes store and on soundcloud and if you like listening tell your friends or tweet us at mercantile lib lib um today's podcast was directed and engineered by me chris messick special thanks to our guests uh Gabby Blocher, Ben Greenberg, and Austin Radcliffe. Uh, The 12 stories are production of the Mercantile Library in downtown Cincinnati. Our theme music was created by Doug McDermott. And don't forget to visit us online at mercantillibrary.com where you can learn about our library and our upcoming events. Have a great week.